Uh, hi there, everybody. Uh, welcome to the latest uh, episode of the Blue Sky Costume Podcast. We haven't recorded one for a while. Um, there's been loads going on, i.e. the summer holidays where everything's just manic. Um, so now that we're getting back into the swing of school and, um, and some, some sort of regularity, um, we're going to try and record some more of these now. But we're really lucky and uh, really pleased to kick things back off today by being joined by Tara, who's one of our Blue Sky carers, who I'll let her introduce herself properly in a minute. Um, but we're having a conversation today um, about a few things, but one of them is going to be um, pathological demand avoidance, um, which is coming from uh, some training that we ran the other day. Um, and Tara has worked with um, her young person, or obviously uh, her young person that's living with her for many years now. And she's going to share some of her experiences um, of what's worked for her. And um, yeah, so Tara, um, if you could just tell Hi. us who you are. Hi, I'm Tara and I'm a Blue Sky foster carer. And uh, I've been foster caring for, well, this is coming up to six years. That's a long five, time. Five or six years. I can't remember now, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've worked together. I think I did your um, initial health and safety visit, I think, or one of your first induction visits. So that makes me, I use, I use things like that as my little timestamp for how long I've been here. And, um, and all the different things that have gone on over that time. Um, so Tara, obviously you attended our neuro um, developmental conditions training the other day, didn't you? Yeah, and did. um, can you just tell us a little bit about that? Talk about the training, first of all, that you came on. What was it like from your perspective? Yeah, um, there's uh, an awful lot that I could relate to with the young person that we have. Um, we talked about different neuro um, developmental uh, disorders that might crop up. Um, one thing that sort of like was quite close to my heart was the the, the um, talk about PDA, um, and it was an opportunity to start thinking about how we uh, manage the behaviours of that because it can be very different than how you would normally parent. Yeah, and I think I think what comes from training like that is, is that particularly when we're looking at an overview of things, is there's so many things within the, the the train that we were looking at that actually to go into some of those specifics you can't do in one thing so actually to focus on something like PDA today hopefully those people who attended can then listen to this and go okay now I know more about that and these are some of the behaviors that I see and actually yeah. um, they can you know um, uh, take take more from this as well you know if it's something they particularly need to, to learn more about um, I've got to be honest with you um, it's something that I didn't know anything about at all so this is why I'm particularly intrigued to <laughs> To know more about it, I know that I avoid doing things um, at time, but I think that the key <laughs> word with this is the pathological um, yes. avoidance of, of of things, isn't it? So, can you tell us a little bit about what PDA is, um, and then I'll jump in and ask you some more questions along the way. Okay. Um, well, we actually um, found out um, what we were what we were managing in a way um, without actually realizing we were already doing it. Um, we happened to be visiting specialist schools and um, was describing some of the behaviours that we'd seen and um, somebody had then said that's pathological demand avoidance it was like a clear case of it and from then on it's cropped up at different with different um, meetings and things that have come along and um, cams and everything else have recognised that uh, you know there's traits so like with any type of autism you're going to get different uh, behaviours with different people depending on where on the spectrum they are and also you've got other combinations of other disorders as well mixed in there yeah. so um, you know it's not all, always very clear cut and one thing to point out as well is that the way that we have learned to manage behaviours um, is also very useful for a lot of other conditions as well. So, uh, for example, you use them with um, one of the children we had with uh, reactive attachment disorder, um, and and it's worked very well. So it's not necessarily just a PDA thing. It can it can be used or tried at least um, with other children. So, and I'm looking at some of the um, I'm on the, I'm on the PDA Society uh, website looking at some of the. Um, distinctive features of uh, a PDA profile. Um, so it's resisting and avoiding the ordinary demands of life. Um, yeah. And then the next one is using social strategies as part of the avoidance. So it said, not just not just saying no, withdrawing, shutting down or running away, but a variety of avoidance, including distraction, making excuses, physical incapacitation. Yeah. Um, so these are things that you were witnessing before you actually yeah. were even knew that it was a thing. Absolutely. The person that we saw uh, described it as if you have a typical type of autism and you are a, a child with autism and you ask them to wash their hands, 
quite often you'd get um, a very methodical approach. So you'd have them washing their hands for a certain amount of time, doing it in a certain method, needing to turn the tap off to, to be able to pat their hands a certain amount of times and do it in a certain ordered way. Whereas if you turn to a child with PDA and you said, wash your hands, the immediate answer in their brain is no. And okay. it doesn't matter how long you'd stay there and argue about it, you wouldn't get that done. So you have to approach it from, from a different way. So, um, for example, um, the young man that we have um, has a particular toy that we gave him, soft toy that we gave him when he came to live with us. And this toy means everything to him. Uh, to him, it's not an inanimate object. It's, it's a real thing. So uh, we use that. We use it as a puppet. Um, so that it's not actually us giving the direct command. It's more of a game and it's more of, um, you know, that's it, it coming from somebody else rather than from us. Um, so we have the soft toy talking in our ear as if whispering a little joke or a little trick to, to try and get um, him to do the thing we want him to do before us to stop him doing it. So we use reverse psychology mixed in there. Um, if we want him to have a shower, for example, um, he would be there if we just asked him directly, right, time to go for a shower, off you go. Immediately, no. Brain is, mm. If you imagine that his brain is automatically saying no to everything that is asked directly, it's not within his, his um, control. It's just something that happens. So you'd have to say, right, okay, I bet I can see. It's all little games like that and you make up rhymes. To, to pretend you're doing a spell and then he rushes ahead of you to get in that shower and, and be the one who's, who's the outright winner at the end of the time in that situation. Um, so that happens an awful lot. As I said, reverse psychology is always a good one. Don't you dare do your teeth better than me. Oh, you better make your teeth shinier than mine. Um, you know, the, the, everything. Your whole life becomes reverse psychology and, um, you know, talking through other other things or or just not you know meeting something head on yeah so um I, I quite a few questions have come out of that and i'm going to try and put them in some order because my generalness will just be i need to ask them all at once so i'm right i'm writing <laughs> stuff down but as you said that last bit one of the on the pda website it says one of the distinctive features is that these young people can be particularly comfortable in role play um, and fantasy and it can sometimes yeah. be to an extreme um, with other yeah. personas and being adopted for a prolonged period of time the line between fantasy and reality can sometimes become blurred and actually like you said there everything's become a game and 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 the 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 um this puppet that you've got is now a real person yes. um so that's that's really interesting you've just literally described exactly what i'm reading in front of me um <laughs> so did getting the diagnosis help you they don't actually do a diagnosis in the area that we live okay. in. They recognise behaviours and traits and and get you to manage it in that way. So they know it, it, they know that that's <laughs> a thing. They don't yeah. like to use it as a diagnosis. So, so depending on the county that you live in, mm -hmm. um, is whether you get an actual diagnosis or not. Um, but no, it's it's been as I said before before we actually knew that this was the type of autism that we, is is most likely what he has um, we were already finding that that was the only way to get through everyday life anyway it was a natural thing of something works you use it so it, it sort of built up around that yeah um and with something like hand washing obviously at the moment mm -hmm. that's really important um and yeah. you know it, it's kind of getting sort of drilled into everybody isn't it how important it is that more than ever that your hand hygiene is is so key so how do those how do you <laughs> encourage him to continue those strategies outside the house when you're not there like when he's at school and stuff like that um, i think it takes a team to be honest i think that if mm. it was left he was left to his own devices he wouldn't do it mm. um so yeah it, it, it takes um working very closely in communication with with school um having somebody who is a constant there as well who gets to know him and it gets a real understanding of pda as well um, rather than a mix of different people because you find that's when when you get the problems it's not just the change of routine it's also that that continuity of person um that is really necessary because they have a better understanding and the slightest bit of conflict can blow up into to massive problems mm. 
Um, one of the other things it says here is um, appearing sociable but lacking some understanding. Um, is that something that, that, that you kind of notice or? Absolutely. I mean, it's um, that want, that desire to actually have friends and be included in situations. Um, but in amongst all of that, you've got the element of control that, that, you know, he's trying to have. You've got the inability to distinguish between seeing himself as a child um, and, you know, wanting to not knowing when there's adult time and when he's, he, you know, that's not a situation that is necessarily something that is to do with him. Um, and you get also because of his other other issues, you've got that um, hyper awareness that he needs to know everything that's going on. He needs to, you know, be be involved in everything. So you've got yeah. a real combination of issues there. Um, generally, which happens with an awful lot of children who are in foster care in particular, because, you know, they lose a lot of control over their life and they want to know what's going on. Um, with children that are autistic in particular, that can become a fixation. Mm. And, um, you know, you have to be very careful that, that you're aware of that and that you're very sensitive to it. But, uh, yeah, it's, so, it's so if... No, and one one of my questions um, that I've got for later, we'll, we'll come to that because I'm interested mm. to know in things that um, what keeps you guys going because I think some people will find that interesting. But I want to come back to that because before I do that, I want to talk about like a, uh, a, a typical day because I think what's what would be really helpful for our other carers and, and uh, staff and everybody who's listening is not to know exactly what you do every day, but if they could yeah. if we could get an example of your day because then people can maybe take things from that so if we were to go yeah. from from waking up in the morning all the way through to going to bed um and i'm sure people will relate to things along the way there and and i'll sort of jump in so you alarm, alarm maybe alarm goes off in the morning what what does what does morning look like um in our <laughs> household um we've tried alarms we've tried to to create more independence um, mm. It's incredibly difficult with a child with PDA um, to find things that they are willing to do because it's another demand on their life. So however much they want to do something and they set themselves up to do it and he could get up in the morning. He has moments where I'm going to do this all on my own. Um, I'm going to set my alarm. He, it doesn't make any difference. Come to the actual mm. time of doing it. He cannot make himself do it. So our typical morning is to go upstairs when our alarm goes off and go in with a very cheery disposition to to try and sort of like create set the mode mood straight away yeah. um it, it, you know you go in with the playfulness still keeping it at quite a calm level because you don't want to heighten everything but it's still sort of like that jolliness is needed um so if there's worries from the day before if something's happened at school which quite often there is because major friendship problems um all the time uh, for for some of these children um so if he doesn't want to go to school but still wants to do it all he's got this conflict already going on in his head and it can take three quarters of an hour to get from the bedroom to the bathroom without even doing anything so um you have if you if you get on on the sort of like line of um uh, come on you need to get up let's do this now come on let's do it you're never going to win you never get him out of bed you have okay. to just suddenly stop yourself change tact and and then start talking to the monkey um the soft toy so you know that's it's a distraction so we use distraction to to just really take him out of the zone and the anxieties and everything else and move him to the next stage of things that he wants to do that's so, really interesting because i think i think like you said because it's very easy to get into that come on you know you're gonna do it yep you'll be fine exactly. and actually like you say and actually yeah. i guess over time you've noticed yourself saying that and gone okay that's not you know you've yeah. got you've got, you've, still, got, you've got we still do it you just it's a natural <laughs> thing to do yeah you can't help it you know you're, you're still trying to keep all jolly and inside you're thinking ah oh, for goodness sake come on but you can't do that it's nothing that it's not going to help matters it's not going to make something happen it's going to make matters a lot worse so you have mm. to keep in your head that you have to keep yourself regulated to be able to keep the child regulated so you you know we, we once you've, you've accomplished that bit of getting into the bathroom quite often routine now takes over for us because it, we've established it over a very long period of time so he will have his shower he will then get himself dressed because the clothes have to be laid out and ready you cannot expect him to then come away from that bathroom and go back into the bedroom because then mm -hmm. there's other distractions 
So he'll be he'll be doing something different then. That's so a really good point. This, everything has to be laid out and ready, and and then he can do it and come down for his breakfast. If he changes his routine, which he it, it's it's very different than a child with typical autism. So if a child with typical autism, you could have each step like written down and seen visuals and everything. It doesn't work for a child with PDA. It, they they have in their head. I don't need to do it like this. This is, you know, this is somebody giving more orders in a way. Um, I can, I can go downstairs and have my breakfast first, and then I can go and do something else second, and go do something else. But you can guarantee if the first thing he does is go downstairs, you're going to have a terrible day. That sets yeah. the tone for everything. So um, you have. And that to must be that must be quite um, difficult mm -hmm. for 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 any young person with it. That internal monologue going on in their head saying oh, you can just do this in this order you can do this in yes. this order but combined with those layers of autism of actually the structure um it, it, it must be knackered <laughs> like do you know what i mean like so tired from that yeah. and, and the anxiety levels get really really heightened so mm. um you know you see the physical sides of that of, of high blood pressure and extra fast pulse rate and everything else along with all the anxieties and the cortisol that goes through the body but it's it's that um you know that that desire to want to be like everybody else to to want to do things as they want to do them and then their own body fighting them yeah. so their own brain going against what they what they want to do um so that's that's always very difficult so it's it's about having somebody there to keep them on track of that actual routine that is is set that they're used to to keep the you know the status quo so you 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 get that part of the routine done you do it all and then at the end of the time they can see they have that part of free time left before they have to go to school so a nice calming sitting down activity that's that's nothing that's a total distraction from from where they're actually going so that they don't if they have had a bad day the day before it's a fresh start so um you know going into it um his day at school we've had to have um, a lot of communication over the years to to try and get um schools to go against their their normal policies so um this is where you're, you're sort of like having a few issues because it's very difficult to change for a school to change the way that they do things because it goes against what they're doing with other pupils and so the other pupils see it as well as yeah. uh, that's not fair a child with pda cannot cope with any form of conflict they cannot cope with consequences um you, you know and and especially ones that go on over a longer period of time they have a very high sense of justice um and will become fixated on that rather than their their part in it at all so it makes them seem very um unempathetic uh, it makes them seem very selfish lazy um and and really all these things are not because that's how they are as a person it's because of the the diagnosis that they have um, and that's hard as a carer as well when you're trying to get you know create more independence for them um, mm. and trying to get them to to help out around the house and things sometimes it's just beyond their ability um, so you know it's it's it is it is sort of like keeping that in mind and trying to work your way around it and pick your moments so uh, wow. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm tired already um, and, so, and, and we've only just got to school so you know so from what I've picked up so far it's you know I, I'm, I've drawn like a, uh, some arrows on the on my piece of paper in front of me because it, it seems like they're being pulled in so many different directions um, internally and more so internally wanting to do one thing wanting to be able to socialize and, and kind of fit in so to speak with other people not being able mm -hmm. to do that and be finding it challenging to follow um, the you know our typical rules at school and stuff like that and a lot of distraction and that's obviously a the constant is you guys being able to kind of manage um manage the behavior kind of you know to be there as that kind of padding to be like okay this is this is what we're going to do and almost steering them through the day um so, so obviously there are, there are, sorry yeah okay. to say it does take a, an awful lot of you backing them up 
um, mm. because you know quite often schools with all the best best will in the world want to keep to the rules and want to keep to how mm. they do things and these children don't fit in they you know it's like trying to squash a square peg into a round hole as they say so it's backing them up when things are going wrong and for example if he's been given a red referral which is like a detention that could cause two days of meltdowns just yeah. that one thing so you have to work with the school and come to a compromise so for example a red referral would mean a detention after school he couldn't cope with that so mm -hmm. he needs to have some sort of consequence in their eyes to and in the other pupils eyes so to be it to say oh you know what you 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 missed out on that work because of what happened how about we do that work at lunchtime it, it it's it solves the problem for everybody the, the those who who need to to have that um seen as being a consequence are having that he's lost some time at lunchtime he's getting the work done which is in his best interest anyway but he's not seeing it as a punishment yeah he's just seeing it as a as a need to do something because he's missed it yeah so um you know it's, it's, it's just frame how you're framing it isn't it, it seems to exactly. be constant how you frame it and how that message is delivered to, to any young person that's got pda um so so we've we've done the school day um obviously not as easy as that and then it's home time um do you do cool. anything particular to to prepare for the the arrival home <laughs> we, we've uh, this is always a jolly time um if if something if something's happened with a peer at school which is usually the case and it's not been dealt with in the way that he sees it is right. So by that, I mean, um, he won't see that he's had any part in it. It's not any of it is, it's not his problem. He hasn't done anything wrong. It's all somebody else's fault. So obviously from somebody else's perspective, that's not the case. So he will come back then home with this sense of injustice and be fixated on it. And you can tell that from when he walks through the door, the way he puts the bag down, the fake look on his face, everything, um, you can tell there's going to be a problem, but he won't at that point feel able to tell you. So he will walk in the door and everything else is wrong. He'll start picking on other people. He'll try and pick a fight with us. It's a very um, antagonistic behaviour that it's everything, every, anything is, is annoying him. Um, you know, it could be that um, one of the other children in the house is chewing their food too loudly for him um and and you just know just all these little bits that he is quite heightened yeah. about it and trying to in a way talk himself into a meltdown um and you just have to distract so you know a good way of doing that we've learned because he has sensory issues as well sorry <laughs> that's all right i think it's quite interesting. That's the, the reality of being a foster carer <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah, coming in from school, I mean, you've got all the things that are annoying, trying to build up to um, a, you know, a building, talking himself into a problem. Um, the sensory side of it is a major way of helping in this instance. So uh, we, sorry, <laughs> running. <It's all> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for him, it's um, tree climbing, uh, crawling through things, doing physical activity involving sort of like hanging climbing swinging crawling so you have to work find out what works best for your young person okay so using that as, as something to, to kind of um sort of de-escalate his behavior and stuff then we say yeah. those kind of thing yeah okay and, and distract yeah yeah so distraction seems to be a big a big part of a kind of a is that something you kind of keep in your mind you know it's kind of that right here's my go-to right distract and then what what can you spot to kind of distract um yeah yeah absolutely it's like having a toolbox you know yeah. you, you you get things that work and and then you keep reusing them so mm. it's it's a familiar thing as well for that young person that they know that if they're feeling like they're this this anxiety and everything else is building up inside of them ready to burst and they're even creating that and making it worse and making it worse it's all out of their control um they need to have that safety net of somebody saying right we're going to go and do this we're going to you know i can see you're having a real problem right now um let's just go out let's just go and do this because it will really help you sometimes you'll that you know he he won't be ready to to do it and it will probably um be something that you have to sort of like 
work on over about half an hour to try and actually get him out the door because he's still so fixated and talking at us rather than with us. Um, but you know, it's, you have to be, have to persevere and actually get to that point to get them out because then it will bring the whole situation right down again. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really how it can be. I mean, when, when, um, it is, it is very much a Jekyll and Hyde situation with a lot of these children. When, <laughs> when he's, uh, <laughs> 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 when it's, <all> right. <laughs> it's the IW. Um, when, uh, um, when, I've lost my track. Um, Talk about Jekyll when, and Hyde. Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. So, so when he's when he's in a really good mood, he's absolutely lovely. Yeah. Uh, wanting to do everything he can to help. Wanting, you know, and you know, wanting to give it quite often, which is a, a very um, dangerous thing in a way. He will try and buy friends because he is in a good mood. He wants people to see him in a good mood. He wants to, people to perceive him as generous. He wants all this, this. So he will try and um sort of like buy give sweets give people things because that's how he sees he is going to get people to like him so how do you yeah. how do you how do you kind of i'll say discourage that but what how do you manage that kind of situation then of, of when you know trying to explain to a young person that you you, you need to not buy friends um what do you, how do you uh, kind of approach that um it's just waiting until they're in a in a really Car, a calm mood so at the time you you deal with it in in a way that um oh that's really lovely really kind of you how about you give them a little bit because that's really nice of you but you keep that for you because you've bought that especially for you anyway haven't you and the other people yeah. generally you know understand that and then later on when you've got a calm moment just having a little chat and just say people will like you for who you are then they like it when you're nice around them and you don't worry them and you don't you're not invading their space and you're, you know, and, and really just go to things and pointing out positives as well. So, you know, uh, times that things have gone well for him. So, um, you know, you built that really good friendship with so-and-so because you give them some time. You're really good at that. You're really good at, you know, certain other things. And so bringing that into the conversation as well. So he can just then it's quite often for us, um, if he's had a good evening just before bedtime, having that talk, because then he's got time to mull it over in his head and think, Oh yeah, I did that. Okay. And I did that. Okay. And it leaves him with a positive view of himself. So that's really good as well. But, like that, that kind of like, like a, like a debrief in the evening, yeah. a kind yeah. of that this is, you know, reflect and also, and then I guess it's reframing things as well, isn't it? Because in the, in the heat of the moment, it, you know, it might be all seem a bit like, Oh, and actually, you can then reframe whatever's happened in the day in the evening so that kind of yeah. whether it's been a good day or a bad day you can kind of turn it into a positive can't you that kind of that calm down time yeah I mean this is um this is where we when we first had him we we did some of the work um of we had different behaviors that we were trying to uh, achieve that were desirable and we'd be able to not do it in a form of um it being like a chart or anything like that that doesn't work mm. for these children it's more a case of having a conversation of something a target to work towards so you know oh look you've worked so hard on this you've done really well i mean you're an expert at it now and or you know if if it's not gone so well um well you know that part went okay what could you do then you know how could we make that better is there anything we could do to help yeah. so you know it's it's um opportunities i'd say massive need to give him opportunity them opportunities to to sort of like um achieve things but not making it too big a goal so not out of reach, really easy, easy to achieve things, because sometimes those things that you think are easy to achieve actually aren't. They can take a long time to actually become um, a, a norm. Yeah. Um, and as, as you're saying that I'm reading something or looking at a picture that's that's on the PDA Society website and they've got this acronym of, of PANDA. And mm. as you are saying it, it is almost exactly what is here. And, and it, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that you've done and knew to do was before you knew about the diagnosis. So it's saying, yeah. pick, your battle, pick your battles, minimize <laughs> the rules, enable some choice of control, explain the reasons and explain that some things can't be done. Anxiety management, negotiation and collaboration, 
disguise and manage demands and adaptation is literally the bear sitting down yeah. it's it's almost it's exactly there so what what we will do is um we will uh chuck all these links underneath so that anybody wants to read further into um things like like this you can um and, and as well if there's any websites and stuff that um that you can recommend or any books or any reading um is there anything that jumps out at you is there anything you particularly read or not even necessarily in relation specifically to this but any kind of books or or, or listening to that you would think actually do you know what that'd be really helpful for other people I can't think off the top of my head, but um, because there's not an act there's not actually an awful lot on PDA, funnily enough, mm. it's still quite a new thing um, and it's not recognised all over the place. So mm. and, and, and um, but I will I will um, have a think on that one and get back to you on that. Yeah, cool. And, and anything you do come up with, we'll we'll, we'll pop it in. Um underneath um i've got so i've got i've got a couple more questions for you if that's yeah, right sure. um yeah. my, my, my first one is how aware is your young person of pda and and the the yeah, not as a diagnosis but how aware are they of their of the kind of yeah you know what i'm trying to say how aware are they of, of, um, of, this, he, of this he as far as i know he doesn't know about pda he just knows about the struggles he has with it he knows that uh, and has been told that he's autistic um and we have had the conversation of how um it's an ability to do other things it's maybe bit things that are a bit different to do them in a different way to other people so we haven't made it a disability we've made it mm. into an, a, an, abit, an thinks, ability yeah he thinks yeah. he's got superpowers so yeah. you know you have to find something that they're very good at and give a positive view of of it um he knows what he struggles with it can take it for example he really wanted to go out for a pub lunch at a certain place because uh, they did a dessert that he'd heard about he oh. hadn't been there before we'd taken him there just to pop his head in the door uh, but he couldn't remember that so and they weren't doing food on that day typically so that's why we hadn't stayed <laughs> um, <laughs> so we had it where um, we were going to a family meal and they deliberately chosen this place because he'd wanted to go there mm. he knows our family very well we, we yeah. you know he feels comfortable around them so it's not the people it took from getting up at nine o'clock in the morning and with the meal was set at for half past 12 at lunchtime he was still in his pajamas and we had a half hour journey together so we had he was still in his pajamas and i unable to make himself get ready to get out of that door because he was so worried about going to this one place um and when we actually managed to convince him to get there he walked in the door he was absolutely fine no problem you'd never have known you had any problems that morning at all yeah um, and this is this is how it can be so other people sometimes if they don't know what you're going through in that moment at home they think oh you're using it as an excuse so he's absolutely fine there's nothing going on here but yeah. it, it's it can the the change like i said with the jack jekyll and hyde you can go from this high anxiety stressed out child to someone who's absolutely lovely, um, able to sit and have a conversation with people they feel comfortable with, as if nothing's happened at all, and and it, you just that that and you're left sat there feeling so stressed out because you have you know exerted all yeah. this energy and time to actually get that child there, and then they're acting as if nothing's wrong, and you're left there with you know you haven't had a chance to get yourself ready you don't know so what's going on today yeah yeah and everything else and they're and they're not at all because they've gone and got themselves with the hair gel and done everything immaculate because they're going somewhere nice so <laughs> you know it, it does uh, <laughs> you're the you're the stressed out ones following on behind but um yeah that that's that's always a good one but, um... and, and so and I guess from that is actually that ability to have had a morning like that where you know the young person is so stressed out to then mm. be able to turn it around on a pinhead like that so what yeah. what, are, what are some of the, the positives of um you know that you kind of you would take from having um you know the, the kind of autism diagnosis and not so much the PDA diagnosis because it's not formalized is it as such but what are some of the positives of, of this of the uh of the conditions would you say definitely accessibility to things to support mm. um that's absolutely massive um so 
you know schools in particular understanding people even you know they not everybody knows about pda but most people now know about autism or recognize that you know it's something that needs extra support so um you know opens a lot of doors and a, a lot of people are more understanding of of behaviors when you're out and about Mm-hmm. um if i mean it, it can become quite clear uh that you know the, the the child has extra needs when he's in the middle of a meltdown if, if we're in the middle of a sports center and he's fixated on one of the occasions we had um a little girl had gone past and accidentally kicked him in the swimming pool and we've managed as a family to be on the poolside with two two sunbeds between all of us and he came out of the pool and was absolutely fixated on the fact that he wanted us to go and tell the child's mother to tell her off because she had kicked him and I sat there for an hour just saying I'm not going over there I can't go over there because she hasn't done anything wrong it was an accident You, you know it was an accident and he just wouldn't take it in he wasn't interested in what I had to say he was too blinkered and and fixated on this sense of injustice and by that time we ended up with a whole side of some beds because everybody else had cleared off. So, yeah. you know, it's it, that side of it is an advantage because you end up getting more room around you. <laughs> um, I like that. That's good. <laughs> it's true. We clear swimming pools. We do all sorts. It's great. Um, but um, you have to, you have to have uh, uh, let it water off a duck's back. You have to have broad shoulders and and just not let things bother you because if you do, you just won't cope. It will be too much anxiety and stress for you. You just have to move on and just cope with things you know best and not worry about what other people think. Um, And and that takes practice, but you get there. Um, I think think having known you guys for the length of time that I have in different sort of forms and stuff is you guys are incredibly even even to say incredibly resilient probably doesn't do justice but <laughs> you are um and you always are able to pick yourselves up for yeah. your young people I would say probably rather than for yourselves first of all um because you realize how important that is for them but if we were to my, my sort of final question to kind of yeah. round this all up is um knowing all of that what what keeps you going because you know it's not their doing all of this none of none of what they do um you know negative behaviors and that is within their control it stems from fear it stems from from having a life that is not how it should have been um and you know that's not their fault they've had this put upon them rather than than um you know had the opportunity to have a a good upbringing and it's just making them feel safe and, and making sure that you're in a place that you can just not take things personally because none of it however personal they get and believe me he can be extremely personal um it you just have to think he's just trying to find something to hurt us with because he wanted us to feel you know come down to his level of, of feeling miserable because he it's a lonely place to be so you have to be there to pick them up and bring them up to where you are rather than you going down there um and that takes a network of people to keep you going with that um and and also one of the most important things apart from uh, i mean we're very fortunate we're very with a very supportive agency and we can turn to the people that you know we feel will best help us at that point um you know it's really really important are having a network of carers that are there for you to vent. So if you feel that you just want to have a swearing moment and you want to just really have a go at the world, they are there to listen. They've been there. They understand it. They've done it themselves. Um, it's not just out of a textbook. And, you know, that, that to me is the most important thing because it's your survival. It's, it's getting through the tough times, somebody else recognizing, yeah, it is rubbish. It's really awful. Um, you know, we've, we, we did this, we did that as well. Um, and, and being there alongside you so that you can all say, right, that's it. Bent done all better now. Um, and then you're in a better place to be able to go back and help that young person. Um, going back to, um, I, I thought about something after the advantages, one of the advantages is 
when you go to somewhere and your child, your young person, you know, will struggle with doing something. For example, queuing. So you've gone out to somewhere that requires lots of cues. If people are aware of their diagnosis, they will try and help you. Mm-hmm. So you you um, you know get get things where where you don't have to do the the stressful elements. So you don't have to queue. You can just you know bypass that. So it makes going to those places accessible for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that that's you know that's important because it's at this point. Um, you know labeling as a as a child is something that will give you lots of support we haven't experienced that yet as an as him growing into an adult so we don't know whether it will stop him doing things but at this point it's been positive all the way i think that's really important i think that um the whole queuing thing um Mm. makes such a difference to your experience of being able to do the kind of normal the normal so to speak day-to-day activities that you would do with kids um my, my son's autistic and um after you guys pointed out at a certain theme park about the queue queuing system we we mm. took his letter in and it took our experience from oh, this is going to be a, a struggle to, yeah. to keep still and understanding the social aspects of it to all of a sudden now it's like his favorite place to go yeah. um because right. it kind of it's eliminated that and nobody likes queuing but it's different isn't it there's a it's a different it's different different. it's very different and i I think unless you've experienced that you can't quite understand it i don't think maybe i don't know Um, yeah i think if you put the scenario of the swimming pool of clearing the swimming pool into a queue (laughs) yeah yeah i think that that would happen anyway you'd be at the front of the queue before you knew it anyway (laughs) if he was having a meltdown yeah because it's not nice to be around it's really not nice for for the general public to see um and it's not nice for him afterwards because they, he then he's got to the stage where he now feels safe and is able to start thinking about repair that's taken a long time for him yeah to be able to do that but um you know he's he's learning to work with his problems and 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 he knows that it's not shame we don't shame him with things he has uh, you know, it's good to feel an element of guilt sometimes because you don't learn from making mistakes otherwise. And, you know, he then feels better about himself because he's had that ability to uh, to um, repair it. That's, yeah. You know, that that's really important for a young person. And particularly a really important skill as, as, as they get older. And we're talking about independence there. And like you say, you're not sure how how things are going to be in the you know the adult world but learning those skills like that are are so important and you know for any young person anyway but particularly when you're a young person in care yeah and then when you're a young person in care when you add these other elements in um and actually it just reminded me that this time last year your young person actually won an award with us didn't he he did um, he did indeed. Um, it, it was for um it was for some some creative work that he had done um and he had persevered with a friendship which if you imagine that friendships lasted um, for him the maximum of about five days. So we tend to take him away every school holidays because it's very lonely for him. His whole life, you know, he struggles with friendships. He hasn't got people who um, want to spend an awful lot of time with him. You know, often these children go to schools that are specialist schools that they have to be taxied off, you know, a long way away. And so, Mm. you know, they're, their peers aren't on the doorstep to go to have friendships with. Um, so we take him to the friendship. So, you know, we take him camping quite often or to the smaller sort of holiday camps that, that he can build some friendships at the kids clubs or at the pool or wherever. And then he has that for a short period of time, which he can keep it going before he makes that child fed up with him. So, um, from what you know his behavior so mm. it, that's important as well creating opportunities for him to socialize and you know it, it, without it being too stressful for other people yeah and um, i hope that the award that he, he got for for that perseverance and the, what he created for them actually you know maybe went some way to realizing that actually it's not about giving them money or sweets and stuff mm. you know there's a, there's a nicer side to it isn't there absolutely He's, he, you know, he's very proud of that award. It's, it's, oh. it, 
his photo on our windowsill. So it's there every day, right where he has his school bag. So he can see yeah. that every day. It's a positive thing to look at as he walks out the door on his way to school. And, you know, that that he hasn't won any other awards for anything. He gets things from school, like, you know, all other kids, they get yeah. certificates for everything. And, you know, there's, there's you know, the usual things they do at school. But this had um, a much bigger impact because it was outside of that. Yeah. I think sometimes they, you get to the point where you get too many certificates and you get too many well dones and too many, you know, sort of pats yeah. on the back. And, yeah. and something that is much bigger to, to achieve like that, it has such a big impact and long lasting as well. So um, yeah, well, that's, like, that's exactly one of the reasons why we we set it set it up um, because we wanted it to be something that is impactful. Because like you say, sometimes yep, you know, a pat on the back is great, but after a while, you know, what do they what do they mean? And actually, something external like that can be like wow, like yeah. awesome. And 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 I and it's actually almost brought a tear to my eye that um, you said <laughs> that where it is and how he sees that because it's not an easy process to you know, you get sent things in and you're looking yeah. through things and there's a team of people who, who look at winners, they use that term with inverted commas, but it's, it's, an, it's awarding somebody for something that they've done and, and it's exactly why, why we did it and it means so much to me that it's there like that for him and um, yeah, that's, 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 it's, it's things like that that keep, will, that keeps me going. Do you know what I mean? It, and, and, and actually... The so, second time I've got you with this, Ed, is like, <laughs> no... <laughs> Yes, um, no, it just I, all these things suddenly start pinging in my mind about things to remember to say. But um, you know, it's it is mainly about giving that child a, a, a view of them in a really positive light. So, mm. you know, as I've told you before, when when we talked to him about how he came to to live with us. Um, it was we made a big point that we said you know we get these pieces of paper through uh, we read them and we we were able to we chose you we waited a long time for you to be able to come to us yeah um, and it was you in particular that we wanted and you know he he then is very proud of the fact that you know somebody wanted me somebody didn't reject me it's the complete opposite they've chosen to have me yeah um, and, and we all do that as foster carers we all make a decision on whether we want somebody to come and live with us and all we can go by is what's on this piece of paper and and if you have it that that piece of paper really you know the things you've read about that child have made you want them um and they need to know about that they need yeah. to they need to understand that but another point is well sorry i'm going over things no no about. no don't don't apologize um, at all with um children who have the difficulties like he has they're often with blue sky in particular on a specialist program um and a lot of the typical parenting uh or therapeutic parenting methods can become overused because of the facts like for us we've had him over four years now and he um got used to us wondering all the time. So as soon as he's starting to have a meltdown and that, and you're saying, I wonder if you're feeling angry because of something that's happened at school, or I wonder if you're tired or, you know, and, and it becomes in the end, a, a more of a trigger to heighten mm -hmm. the problem rather than, yeah. than bringing it down. Um, and you have to use those things still, but you use it at a different time and you use different language. So, um, at that point where he's heightened you use the distraction you get them out of that situation and then later on when they're down they're lower that's when you do your wondering that's when you start getting them to think about it because they can't think about it in the moment they are red mist nothing's going in it doesn't matter what you say whatever you're saying it's going to be aggravating me even more sort of yeah. thing um so you're still using it but you're using it at a different time because otherwise it's just taken as um a button being press being patronizing yeah yeah i guess as well because of the age of the young person and you say like the length of time that that young person's been with you um mm. and i guess and, and you you develop different things and you change as people and you know our kids change as yeah. people they become more comfortable with certain things and, and also more savvy and aware of what it is that you're trying to trying to, trying yeah. to do it's like hang on a minute <laughs> i know what you're up to <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah absolutely so, uh, but it's important to keep it going 
it's important yeah. what i'm saying is it's even if it's not working within the moment if you're finding that it is working use it while you can it's yeah. a massive really good tool to use of having that that ability to to get inside their head and calm things once it starts not working and making matters worse you still use it but you use it elsewhere is what i'm trying to yeah. say yeah 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 cool um well um is there anything else that you'd like to add before we before we wrap things up <laughs> um <laughs> no just happy that if anybody is is finding they're going through a difficult time then um you know get in touch with bruce guy I'm, I'm happy to sort of like help out um and, and share methods that we've used because i could be here all day of talking about the different things that uh ways that we we sort of calm situations and uh get get him to to uh regulate so <laughs> well i think i think what, I, what i'd like to do is and what we're, what we're trying to do is, is build specific things for specific behaviors that you see so we were talking yesterday about um you know uh, say like bedtime routines yeah. and actually what we need to do is provide information for people is actually if bedtime routines is something that somebody is struggling with we we, we provide something that with information around just that so you th you know what to look for do you know what i mean so actually um hopefully you know um um, yeah. in, in, in the future if you'd be happy to, to have a com you know we'll, we'll pick a subject Absolutely. and we'll look at one of those specific things I've, I've, yeah. I love talking to you guys about stuff um it's <laughs> um yeah it's it's nice but so what we'll do um we'll, we'll get you to agree now and then it's recorded that you're going to do that with us and we'll choose a specific <laughs> behavior and then uh, yeah. and we'll talk about it again yeah yeah that's brilliant cool. that's um no well thank you ever so much for giving up your time um that's to anybody right. else that is that is listening um the links to the the minimal amount of information that is online about pda um will be the pathological demand avoidance um or the pda society um so there'll be some links to that um and anything else that we can we can kind of pop in there for you guys to find out some more about then we will um it'll all be also on the blue sky website on the training area so if you log go to the website and log in um, using your details, you'll be able to find all the other information about all our other um, little um, bite-sized bits of information and uh, other various courses and stuff like that. Um, once again, thank you very much for giving up your time. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, good luck. Nice <laughs> chatting. Thank you. Thank okay. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.